Welcome, precious one. The message you are about to listen to will bless and enlighten you, and we're delighted about this. Ministering is Reverend Elijah, pastor of Christ Glory Ministries. Stay tuned, and God bless you. We began to look at an important subject in the past two Sundays, which is titled Essentials for Progress. Amen. Essentials for progress. Hallelujah. And last week we went into some very powerful and deep insights concerning this. The first point that we noted was acknowledging the importance of generational credit. Amen. Acknowledging the importance of generational credit. And we explained several important things about how life is a grand stretched out thread, praise God, consisting of those that have been, those that are, and those that will be. And we explain that when you are in this phase of life, you are not here just for yourself. Because how you live your life now and the things that you allow God to do through you will affect generations yet unborn. And I explained for you to understand also that one of the hard truths is that you are the way you are or where you are also because of the actions or inactions of previous generations before you came on the scene. Praise the Lord. And we went on further to understand that God also begins new generations. God can begin a generation with you. We went further to understand that people in different areas of the world are connected to you. So therefore, the things that you do, the things that you engage yourself in, how well you live out purpose, affects all these people. So life is not just about you alone. There are so many people that are affected by what you do and what you don't do. That is the orchestration of life. No man is on his own, separate from everybody. No. The reality, however, is that some people have the connection of more people to their lives than others. Are you with me? Are you following? And if we are going to be used by God in an immortal fashion, a transgenerational fashion, we have to understand the importance of generational credit. Are you listening? You can't just live for yourself. The myopia of it's about me today, okay, what will I do today? How will I live today? What will I get today? How is my life going? Will not allow you access the fullness of what God has for you. Because God is thinking generationally. Are you following? It is the reason why the blessing that God put upon Abraham kept on being transferred. It left him, then it came to Isaac, then from Isaac it came to Jacob, then from Jacob it spread to the 12 tribes, and it has been continuing ever since. Because as men, we function on this earth realm in a time limit. But God is eternal. So when your period or your time limit upon the earth has expired and you have to go, God is not expiring, he's not going anywhere. He's still running a, a, a course throughout the earth which has not yet fulfilled its entire tenure. So when it's time for one person to leave, God is eternal. He's not bound to time. So the next person who is going to continue, God puts it upon him and the person continues. So God is the same, yet the men keep changing. And this is because it is a generational thing. I hear what I'm saying. Where we are now, we are here because originally what God started some 6,000 years ago has not ended yet. So everything we do today is going to impact on generations yet unborn. And whatever those who did before we came have done is impacting and reflecting in our today. 
understand what I'm saying? So it's bigger than just you. It's bigger than just you as an individual. When God calls you, when God picks you, when God desires to do something with you, you need to have this mindset. You need to see from God's perspective. Otherwise, you restrict the things that God wants to accomplish with you. Look at how God picked Joseph and wants to use Joseph. Do you think that honestly, if he was left to Joseph's will, he would want to go through anything he went through? Answer is absolutely no. In fact, the day he saw the Ishmaelites come and take him to Egypt, he would run to his father's bedroom. But years after, Joseph by revelation said, when his brothers came to him, he said, don't be angry at yourselves. For God sent me ahead of time to preserve life. God was thinking generationally. Had he left it to Joseph alone, Joseph would think that I don't like this. It's not pleasant for me. I don't want it. So ah, I'll not go. But that would affect the generational pattern because through Joseph, Egypt was preserved. Israel was preserved. So while, while men and he himself was thinking locally or myopically to concern himself, God was thinking generationally. And this is why sometimes there are experiences that some people have and they don't understand it. But you need to be in tune with the spirit. Listen, we teach the message of faith which is important and necessary. But the message of faith is to enable you to enforce the will of God. Not for it to be in opposition to the will of God. You have to discover what the will of God is. And that will includes things that sometimes are not or may not be generally pleasant. Are you with me this morning? Are you following what I'm saying? So faith is for you to be able to enforce the will of God. Not to oppose it. <laughs> Imagine Jesus Christ at a garden of Gethsemane saying, By faith I will not die. Yes, he may not have died because his faith will work. But that will not be the will of God. <laughs> Are you here? Say generational credit. Say it's bigger than me. It's bigger than me. And this is why a lot of times when you read the epistles or even the scriptures, you find the apostles making references to the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. Hallelujah. Genesis 17. Praise the Lord. He says that, and when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, that's 99, the Lord appeared to Abraham, to Abraham. Now, you remember that God had appeared to him earlier on. Are you with me? God has spoken to him when he was 75 and appeared to him in chapter 15 again. Now again, God appeared to him. Let's continue. It says, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, Can we get it faster? If not, I'll have to read from. Alright, it says, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name, neither shall thy name any more be called Abraham, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. It's so interesting that God had said this to Abraham. This was not his first time hearing this. <laughs> but since the time God began to say this, till now, he had not seen it in his life. But God didn't stop telling him what he was going to do with him. God still kept telling him the same thing he has, he has been telling him since. He says, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generations. 
for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Praise the Lord. Yeah, you guys know I read faster than this, so let me read from here. I'm sure eventually they will give it to us in more verses at once. Praise God. So, verse 9 says, And God said to Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. This is my covenant which shall, which, shall, which shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man shall among you shall be circumcised, and ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant between you and me. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every man child in your generations. He that is born in the house, or bought with money, or any stranger which is not of thy seed. He that is born in thy house, and he that is bought with thy money must need be circumcised, and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Hallelujah. Let's come down to verse 20. He says, and as for Ishmael, I have heard thee, behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall, be, shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. And he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. Praise the Lord. Bible says after that, Abraham took his children, Ishmael circumcised him, and then all the men were circumcised. Now, the key here is this. Everything that Abraham was now beginning to do was not just for himself, but was for the entire generation that was going to come after him. Are you listening? So everything that Abraham was going to do, the covenant, the circumcision, all these things, it was now going to be not just for himself, but for all those that were going to come after him. As we read the scripture, you discover what God said. He said, it's going to be for your seed and your seed after you. So God's mind was not just on today. God's mind was on his entire life, even after his life, and his entire generation. And that is God's plan concerning you. Are you hearing me this morning? Praise God. As, as, as much as you are thinking about your today, thinking about your what you eat, thinking about all of that, listen. What God wants to accomplish with you is generational. It transcends now. And whenever you are the one who are at that particular crossroad or place where a destiny must find light through, you have to have this understanding. God kept repeating this same thing to Abraham. Probably because he wanted Abraham to catch it in full. So he kept on repeating it every time he would meet him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go to Acts chapter 7 verse 8. Praise the Lord. Acts 7. Let's start from verse 6. It says, And God spake on this wise, that his seed should sojourn in a strange land, and that they should bring them into bondage, and entreat them evil 400 years. Hallelujah. Very interesting. The Bible said that the Israelites were supposed to be in Egypt for 400 years. Praise God. And that's what God told Abraham in the book of Genesis 15 as well. That his seed were going to be slaves in a strange land and they were going to be oppressed for 400 years. I read me. However, when you study the historical account carefully and you're a student of theology, the Israelites spent 430 years in Egypt instead of 400. And you observe that Moses right, left Egypt when he was around 40 because he was in the wilderness another 40 years. Are you following? Which shows us that the time at which he stepped out, right, to try and deliver Israel from Egypt was earlier by about 10 years. And the time 
for Israel to be there in fullness was 400 years. So he probably, Israel was in the 390th year. In other words, Moses stepped out earlier than the time. And so because of that, Israel ended up staying there another 30 years. Did you get a calculation? It was to be 400. But the timing, when Moses missed the timing, by 10 years ahead, Israel ended up staying there an extra 30 years. Making the whole thing 430 years. Instead of exactly 400 years. The importance of timing and clarity in the will of God. I hear what I'm saying. There's a great man of God in, in, in this nation who is making waves all around. Many of you know him. And there was a prophet of God who was also in this land, a great prophet, who this man of God had gone to see seven years ago. Because they had begun ministry as at that time. And the prophet told him that after seven years, all of Ghana will hear of you. Within the seven years, do whatever you want. Nobody will hear you. But after the seven years, all of Ghana will hear of you. <laughs> and today as we speak, it is happening exactly as it was said. So what would he be doing with his faith in that seven years? Would he try to oppose the will of God or the plan because he has faith? Or through faith, he will stay steadfast and stay on course. I feel what I'm saying today. I with me. Very important. Let's continue reading. Verse 7. And the nation to whom they shall be in bondage will I judge, said God, and after that they shall come forth and serve me in this place. And he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham begat Isaac and circumcised him the eighth day. And Isaac begat Jacob and Jacob begat the twelve patriarchs. Glory to Jesus. Now, I've been saying something to you about generational credit. And explaining to you that there are things that a person can enjoy today because of what was accomplished for him or her in previous generations. So, if today you are not enjoying something because of because certain things were not done for you in previous generations, you must not repeat that cycle. You must make sure that there are things that you are going to live by, especially in line with purpose, so that the generation that will come after you or from you will be blessed. I hear what I'm saying. Bible says in Proverbs 13 verse 22 that a good man leaveth an inheritance for his children's children. So the popular ideology in the world that, oh, I'm not going to leave anything for my kids. Because in the West, some people have the ideology. My kids are not getting nothing. They should go and work for their own. Hustle on your own. Struggle on your own. It's not a godly idea. It's not from God. If you study the Bible, you discover that Isaac was in his father's house when he was about to marry Rebecca. Yeah. Abraham sent his servant to go and bring a wife for his son. And you think he was around 17 years? No. Grown man. But he was still in his father's house. In the story of the prodigal son, it was the prodigal son who came and said, Father, give my inheritance. And he didn't even said that he was being sacked from the house. He could have taken his inheritance and still been in the house. His father won't complain one bit. He took it and left. Don't forget that the elder or the other one was still in the father's house by the time he came back. And there was nothing like get out and go and look for your own thing. Because the plan of God always is that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Now, if God's design is not for life to be generational, then where from inheritance? Because there's spiritual inheritance, there's physical inheritance. Such that there were things Abraham did that the Bible says that his descendants who came 400 years after, they did it in him. Hebrews 7. Follow me today. I need to open your eyes to this so that you have a bigger perspective of life. It's not just about you. There are things you can't afford to do today because of what is coming after you. 
And because of the generation that you are going to produce or birth. Hebrews 7. Hallelujah. Are you there? It says, verse 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. Let's keep reading. To whom Abraham gave a tenth, a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. So the Bible says that Melchizedek, Abraham met him when he was returning, right, from the spoils of war. <laughs> Why didn't the priest of God meet him when he was on his way to the war? Why after the war? Number one, because God is already his source and his strength as he's going for the war. Number two, the most important part is that after the war, God is standing waiting to receive his honor. It's a principle. Every time good comes into your life, every time elevation comes into your life, when the elevation is set, God will be there waiting for his honor, waiting for his, 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 you to honor him with the blessing that came out of what you experienced. Always. In the book of Luke, I explained to you last year about Thanksgiving. When Jesus Christ told the lepers, go and show yourself to the priest and you will be cleansed. When they left, Bible says only one returned to give thanks. And what was Jesus Christ's response? He said, were there not ten cleans? Where are the nine? But from the onset, it seems as if he didn't care whether they came to thank him or not. Yet, he asked the question when one person came to thank him that, where are the nine? Meaning he was expecting it. Are you following? He was expecting it. One thing God is always expecting is that after every success, every blessing, any blessing, he is there present waiting for you to honor him. And if you notice carefully in scripture, honor always goes with glory. So many places in scripture, the Bible will say honor and glory. Let me show you a few of them. Because actually when you honor God, you give him glory. This is the principle of tithing. The first principle of tithing is honoring God. The second is spiritual responsibility. To the house of God, to the work of God, to the people of God. Are you here? Let me just show you a few scriptures that show you that, that talk about that connect honor and glory. First Timothy 1, verse 17. I read, it says, Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God be honor and glory forever and ever. Do you see it? Honor and what? Honor and what? Be honor and glory. Hebrews 2 verse 7. Hebrews 2 verse 7 says, Thou thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and glory and glory and 1 Peter 1 verse 7. 1 Peter 1 verse 7. It says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, continue, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Again, you see what? Honor and what? Second Peter 1 verse 7. Second Peter 1 verse 7. It says, And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity, Is it, is it the, the right scripture? Okay, go to 17, let's see. Alright, I think that's the right one. It says, for he received from God the Father honor and glory. Honor and glory. 
honor and so you discover that many times throughout scripture honor is associated with what glory and every time success comes your way every time blessing come your way that god is involved in he will be present waiting to receive his honor i hear what i'm saying let's go back to hebrews 7 Hebrews 7 verse 2. It says, To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. Meaning that from the slaves to the spoils to the gold to everything, he gave a tenth part. First being by interpretation king of righteousness and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Verse 3. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the son of God, abided a priest continually amen so in similitude he was made like unto the son of god another day i'll explain to you the deeds about melchizedek praise god because that the phrase used here is a hebraism or hebrew terminology without father or mother without all these things there are people who preach and say that oh melchizedek was jesus christ who came you know he was a christophany right christophany simply refers to the appearance of christ right before he was incarnated or theophany Theophany refers to the appearance or manifestation of God in man form. Amen. These are all uh, theological terms. Praise God. So some preach it that this was Jesus Christ, but we'll go into it another time. Amen. Bible is clear that he was made like unto. In other words, a type. Are you following? A type. And in scriptures, there are typologies. So you have Adam as a type of Christ. David as a type of Christ. Are you with me? Joseph as a type of Christ. Are you with me? And all of those types are to give us insight into what he is about to help us understand him, his role, I with me, and the thing that we ought to respond in him towards. Glory to God. Amen. Now let's go further. Verse 4. He says, Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of spoils. Are you following this? He says, consider how great the man was. The focus here is not just on Abraham, but on the greatness of the person that Abraham gave a tenth or a tithe unto. Are you hearing this? The greatness of the man. Let's continue. He says, and verily, verse 5, now listen to this point carefully. I'm showing you what I, I began to from coming here. Verse 5. And verily, they that are of the sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people, according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. Follow me. Verse, verse 6. But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. So Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Are you following? Abraham is so great in the, in, in the history of Israel, the Hebrews and the Jews. Abraham is their father. He's the greatest. But he's trying to show them that even the greatest, the greatest person, Abraham, he paid tithes to Melchizedek. Are you following this? And he begins to reveal that the sons of Levi, who are the priests, who are the ones who receive tithes, they themselves, let's continue, he says, verse 7, and without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. In other words, the greater one is the one who blesses what? The lesser. Always. The greater is blessed of what? That is why a church member or another person can say to their pastor, oh, God bless you, and you will take it cool and receive it. But in reality, the one who can bless you is the one who is above you. Are you following? Yeah. The one who has the capacity to bless you is the one who is above you. Because the lesser is always blessed of what? The greater. Verse 8. And here, men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them of whom it is witness that he liveth. 
Verse 9. And as I may so say, Levi, who also received the tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. Are you seeing this? He says, Levi, who receives tithes, paid tithes where? In Abraham. And this was over 400 years apart. Look at verse 10. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. <laughs> Praise God. Are you here? Are you following? So he's trying to let us understand that something Abraham did over 400 years ago, Levi, who was in Abraham, also did it. Why? Because of generational credit. Please, are you catching this? I hear what I'm saying. Something Abraham did over 400 years ago, it is being accounted and attributed that Levi did it. And the blessing is also for him. Generational credit. The things Abraham did were not just going to be for himself, but for those to come. There are certain lifestyles that some people may be living today. They think it's just about them today. They don't know that they are messing up a whole line of unborn people that are going to come from them. And generation is in two forms. It can either be biological or spiritual. For example, a ministry like this, a young ministry like this, is a spiritual generation that is being born. And out of the launch of the father are coming many other fathers. For example, Abraham begat Isaac, true or false? Isaac begat others from him. Jacob begat the 12 tribes. So, God has begun the generation. He wants it to expand and it is going to expand to the entire world. But there are fathers, people that are supposed to identify themselves as fathers within the vision. So you may be sitting down here today because it's at this phase. But in some five years to come, you are also going to be a father who has produced several, all under one umbrella. CGM. I hear what I'm saying. That is why, you see, no matter how far the Israelites went, even to the time Jesus Christ came, which was over 2,000 years after Abraham, they still said, we are sons of the father Abraham. Because the father remains one. So, there is a spiritual generation which is birthed by the spirit. And there is the biological one which comes from your bloodline. Now, because of generational credit, there are things that you can heap up so that those coming after you and from you will walk in. Are you with me? So it's not just about you, my dear. It's not just about you. And these are reasons why you cannot quit. The word quit, you must tear it from your dictionary. <laughs> I heard what I'm saying. The word tired, tear it. Get an ink or whatever if you have it and cross it out. Because you can't give up. You can't get tired. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Amen. You have been tasked by the generation that came before you and by the generation that is yet to come from you. So as you sit there like that, you just think, oh, just me, I don't have money today. Of this, no, 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 no. If you don't have money, get money. Let's continue. <laughs> Praise God. Yes, but there's nothing like quitting. Because if you do, there are so many hundreds of thousands you have not yet seen them that are going down because you give up. Listen, we never see the future from today. The best God will give you is a revelation of it. But the actual depth of it, you may not see it from now. And many times, God will put it in codes. He'll put it in codes and symbols. Once in a while, you may get a prophecy that you're going to be this and that. Reason is, God doesn't want to expose everything. He will, he will want to give you many details, but there must always be the element of faith and the, always the element of obedience. That is why it's like that. 
if this gentleman here knows that I have five million dollars in my account or fifty million dollars in my account, and he knows it and he is in my life, chances are I will never get to see the real him because he knows I'm a wealthy person. He knows I can bless his life. I can help him. And that's the reason why many of you, the glory of your true personality is hidden. Because if everything were to be made bare like this, you will have a lot of fake people in your lives. A lot of wicked people, lying people, and people that will destroy what God has put inside you. There are things about you. Let's, let me just, let me just um, illustrate this. Marvin, assuming, let's say, as we are talking right now, right? I have $2 million, right? Saved somewhere. And God tells me, don't expose to anybody until after five years. Not even your family. Right? And let's say I'm in my second year or my third year. And I'm going about normal. <laughs> I don't have car. I don't have anything. I'm going about Don't you think that within that period, there's a lot that I will discover? Anybody, assuming, who probably acted a particular way, or even people that would have come into your life within a particular period, not based on divine plan, or not based on who you are, what you are, but came because of the money, all such people will be extinguished. Please, I follow what I'm saying. I hear what I'm saying. So, there are things that occur or happen and sometimes you are the one pitying yourself. You, God does not pity you. He just knows what you don't know. And he sees what you don't see. And he has to be careful and sure. Listen, let me tell you a secret. Eh? Sometimes, it, it's just overnight. And you are a millionaire. Sometimes that's overnight. And you are an estate owner. But sometimes God will not even let you know. That you have all these things waiting. Why? Because there are some symptoms that must go on. Is somebody here this morning? Are you hearing me this morning? Yes. So you are the one pitying yourself. But God does not pity you. He will just keep supplying you grace to hold on. <laughs> oh, glory. Say, I'm a millionaire. I'm a billionaire. And this is why a lot of times the prophetic is important. I'm not just talking about having a prophet or being a prophet. I'm talking about the prophetic. In other words, the Holy Spirit presence in your life able to show you things to come or able to bear witness with what is within you. What is ahead of you? That's why I always tell you, never treat people trashy just because of what you think they are today. Don't do that. It is something that you may never be able to stop regretting in some years to come. The question is, so, okay, let's assume that they will not even be great. They will not even have any money. Does it mean that your love for people is genuinely based on their money? Then I don't want to be your friend. Then I wouldn't want to you, you to be my circle. And we have a generation that is so full of such people. Even in the, the house of God. And you can't call such people your friends. You will die. <laughs> yes. You will die. Because a friend is one who you know, can sacrifice for you. A friend is somebody who can, who accepts you for what you are and who you are. Your money does not, your money comes secondary. And today, our generation is full of that in the area of relationship. There are men who are looking for dusted women to date. If you are a poor girl away. Yes, there are a lot of guys like that. God of the bee. And they are looking and scouting 
Praise God. Yeah. As for the least, they won't even go there. <laughs> won't even go there. If you don't have car, don't don't inbox me. <laughs> so set like this, who maybe today he has his leg bends. There are some ladies that you should not inbox. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. And it's serious. It's deadly. You see, you are a coward. If as a man, the only reason you want to date a woman is because she has money, you're a coward. You're a coward. Because you want to survive off her money. You don't even believe in yourself that much. You're not a man. (laughs) No. Never date a person or accept somebody just because of, I'm not saying money is bad. No, money is good. Say money is good. Say money is good. And you are getting plenty of it this year in abundance. I hear what I'm saying. In what? In abundance. Yes, there is nobody who is following this ministry, following me genuinely, who will be small. None. I'm telling you the facts. Write it. You'll be so big. So money is good. But if a, a person wants to accept somebody on the basis only that the person has money, don't do that. Don't do that. Bible calls something the deceitfulness of riches. The deceitfulness of riches. There are ladies who dated some guys because they had money only you. I'm not saying that they considered all the other reasons okay. He's God-fearing, he's this, he's that, you know, that term alone too will come to another day. Because everyone says, I want a God-fearing man. Okay, we'll, we'll go into details another time. <laughs> and they did not, be, maybe not, not character per se, that he has a future, vision, whatever, because the money was there. Every day she eats shawarma. Every day they come and pick her up. Weekly chop money. Monthly chop money. That was the only. <laughs> that was the only reason why she dated the guy. And today, they're in trouble. Soft life babies. Guys, are you hearing me? It's important. Listen, those things will put you in trouble, though. And the painful thing is, it will not last. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Yeah. You see, the hands of time change. I was telling you something about some of our people who are outside the country now. And life is going to change for them radically. Not just because they are outside the country. There's a grace. I've always told you this. Listen, you can be in UK. You can be in US. You can be in Australia. And be struggling more there than when you were here. I'm telling you the fact. I have sent people money from Ghana here to overseas to survive. I've me. I'm here. I've sent money. So don't let the certain ideology come into your mind that America is heaven. America is not heaven. You <laughs> UK is not heaven. Australia is not heaven. China is not heaven. Heaven is where God is. So wherever you find yourself, you need a grace. There must be a grace to sponsor you. And if it is in line with the plan of God, then we we move on. (laughs) You hear what I'm saying? So, I was telling you about some of them who are there and things are transforming. Guess what? There were people who looked down on them openly and privately. All because they had never traveled. Can you imagine how shallow so okay today the person has traveled so now what will you say today the person is probably earning more money than you earn in three months or earn in one month or earn in two months what will you now say the things we value people on our value systems 
Say mercy. Glory to Jesus. Levi. He was in the launch of his father when Melchizedek met him. Bible says, because Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek, Levi within him also paid tithes. Generational credit. Don't mess up your life. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Don't mess up your life. You must know that we are on a course. We are on a course. We are going somewhere. Are you with me? We are going somewhere. We are on a course. And there are people, I tell them, your future is this. Don't do this. Do this. Follow. Do this. Why? Because many times, they themselves may not have a glimpse into their future. But the father figure can see ahead. I hear what I'm saying. There are many things about many of you sitting here, your lives and your future, your tomorrow that you don't know. But it is 100% sure. It's a chapter of your life that God revealed. You may be in chapter 20 now. But chapter 25 is a chapter where it does not look anything like today's chapter. Zandra Katara Dila Mashambre Kedere de Lebesuka Bodobush Yandro Sotokola Badikash Zema Rada Kadabadash Malograde Kida Baseki Barakababalosh Manda Gide Basokadiash Zananda Shide Manakobra Diliki Sende Balagadadas Evans called me on his birthday and I told him some things about his future, told him something about his life, and told him that certain things, certain Causes he is on, certain things that he is on. So he should do this, do this, follow this, follow this. Because it's his future. You see, God is the one who reveals the future. God is the one who reveals tomorrow. And when we see it and we tell you, believe us. Are you with me? Yes. I'm one person when I tell you things concerning your future. Don't joke with it. I hear what I'm saying. Yes. Don't joke with it. And I told you something before that different people have different keys. One day I will take time and then give you your keys. Because every person, you have keys. There are some specific and particular things that you should do or you should not do. It's, it's called keys. Say keys. <laughs> Praise God. Are you with me? Say keys. Say keys. <laughs> and the keys vary. So it's very, very simple. Very, very simple. Very, very simple. Keys. So you discover that somebody else, ah, the same person, same thing this person is doing. When I do it, no, then everything, blah, blah. But that same person is doing it, but he's still progressing. Say, hey, I'm being here. Say generational credit. Generational credit. Generational credit. Generational credit. Say, I'm set on the course that I must follow in the name of Jesus. I do not deviate from the course. I do not deviate from the course. I do not deviate from the course. I stay on the course. I stay on 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 course. I don't quit. I don't give up. I'm strengthened. I increase in grace, in grace, in grace, in wisdom, in strength, in faith, in every good thing. I'm manifesting purpose. I'm manifesting purpose. Manifesting destiny. Manifesting glory. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the year of new beginnings. I'm manifesting a new phase of my life, a new phase of my assignment, a new phase of my journey. In the name of Jesus, lift your voice and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Shanda <laughs> 
in the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Say, I'm laying up inheritances for generations that will come out of me. Spiritual generations, biological generations. Spiritual generations, biological generations. Spiritual generations, biological generations. In the name of Jesus. Life can be funny sometimes though. If you don't have foresight. If you don't have foresight. Say precious Holy Spirit. Show me things to come. Show me things to come. Please show me things to come. For the last time say show me things to come. One more time show me things to come. In the next 15 seconds just pray that prayer. 15 seconds. Pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. Show me things to come concerning my life. Show me things to come concerning the people in my life. Show me things to come. Show me things to come. Father, show me things to come. 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 Some of you that want to get married, pray this prayer. Ministry, business, show me things to come. Talk to God. Receive grace to be in faith for what is to come. Even this year, there are many things ahead. Many positive things ahead. Praise God. Hallelujah. About five years ago, I was in a particular man of God's office. I had sowed a seed to him. I didn't necessarily want to meet him. But when he saw the seed, he, he made opportunity for me to see him. And he told me something. 
said that if he knew God was going to bring him this far, like you know, I married the woman he married. <laughs> Because he said at that time he was looking at external appearances, how she is touch light, and she's the kind of ladies when they give light out, ah, you can still see the lights. <laughs> And several other things. He said he may have made a wiser decision. Another man of God too, very known in this nation. I'm not someone who used to see men of God though. It was the year, is it 2019? That God told me that that particular year, he was now going to allow me and let me meet some men of god because there are some you know you have to be very you have to be humble or gentle but not naive all right there are some old prophets that fight against new prophets or coming prophets so it's not every man of god that is even good for you to meet or to lay their hands on you Because some don't have a good heart. I'm telling you deep things now. So God told me that before he will let me meet them, he will let me go with an eagle. So I saw the eagle. It would be here on my left, white, very blazing eagle. He told me that if they attempt anything, I will see the eagle also see. Praise God. One day, before this time, this was some years back, I went to my mother to an all night. Huge church. Man of God doing great things. When we closed, my mother said, oh, we should go and greet him. I said, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to. She said, we should go and greet him. This was years ago. When I got there, you know what the man of God was doing? When I got there, he was meeting other people. When he saw me and my sister, he pushed her aside. Then this is what he was doing. Yeah. You see, he was doing this, then he was doing this. I was watching him. If I tell the man of God, you you will see the church, his church. Why? Because he saw something. So what is he trying to do? He's trying to I'm telling you deep things. All because he has seen something. So that's what he was doing. Affirmation. But he was, he was, you know, trying to, he was, he knew what he was doing. And I also knew. So at that point, I just, I was watching him. Never stepped there again to date. So before I would go, God, God made me away. He told me. One day, I myself, I took myself to a particular church. Because things were happening. So I just went there some, and I was there, and I was seeing the things going. Then I said, oh God, let him touch me. Then the, the Holy Ghost talked, spoke, to me, spoke to me boldly. He said, I did not send you here. That was the first time I heard him talk like that, loudly. He said, I did not send you here. I've become like, wish. What am I doing there? And he was very stern. <laughs> oh. Who can catch him, Mama? Mama Becca said, Who can hold her yet? As I was in the service, I have my dean. And the service finished. I left. Some months after, the Holy Spirit took me in the spirit to go and show me that man of God, that place, that church I had gone to, took me in the spirit. And I saw the human sacrifices that that man of God was doing. Human sacrifice. I'm telling you, I'm standing before God. I can't lie. If you didn't show me, I won't say it. Took me in the spirit. I want you to show me. Sure. When I will say, I want to show And took me again to a different and showed me again the second time. 
So we need to be led by the Spirit. Are you with me? There are several men of God who, the moment I appear, they want to embrace, they want me to, but my family won't share. Even my father's, you know, scarcely, I don't, I'm somebody who don't like to come and see you if I don't, I'm not carrying a seed. Or I'm not carrying money. You know, carrying a good seed. It's a culture we all have to learn. Because I, your father, I'm like that. Though I don't impress it on you, where it's so seeded. But these are the qualities of my personality. And if you want to walk in certain graces, you must have certain levels of, you know, honor. And certain levels of virtues within you. I don't know I'm sharing all this now. We are supposed to close. But maybe somebody needs to hear it. Praise God. May God show you things to come. May the Lord 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 show you things to come. This week and onwards, let your eyes be open. Let your eyes be open. Let your eyes be open to see what is to come. You can find more inspiring, uplifting, spirit-filled sermons and teachings at Christ Boy Ministries on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on every other podcast platforms. Help reach the lost by sharing links to the messages with your family, friends, and on your personal social platforms. God bless you.